Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and today a very important subject. School has started, and uh, we felt uh, kind of important to talk about school safety. And we kind of live in this era. It's not just about... uh, you know, uh, looking both ways when you cross the street. Now it's about knowing your surroundings in school and knowing the exits and, and what to do in case certain things happen. And so we're really happy to have Sergeant Cliff Jackson with us with the Sykeson Department of Public Safety. Uh, Sergeant Jackson is the sergeant over the school uh, resource officers here in Sykeston. So Sergeant Jackson, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about you just for uh, a minute and uh, just kind of talk about how you got into police work. Like, what what motivated you to become a police officer? Uh, So I started in 1997, um, and you know what? I was growing up, I never thought I was going to be an officer. Um, It just happened that uh, in around 1996, uh, one of the places I was employed closed up. Uh, They offered uh, an incentive program to send you to school for up to two years. Uh, and I actually had a couple of buddies uh, who were going to attend the police academy in, at, SEMA, at Southeast Missouri State. Um, so I thought, well, that, that sounded kind of interesting. So I, the incentive, I had them pay for my uh, law enforcement academy in uh, 1996. Uh, and I was uh, lucky enough to get hired by Soxton DPS in, in January of 1997. Um, so that's when I started. Everyone has a different story about why they, sure. they get into law enforcement. And uh, was there, I mean, besides that, uh, you know, encouragement from your, your friends, I mean, what was it that kind of you looked at and thought, why not? Why not do Yeah, you know, this work? a lot of that stuff didn't really kick in for me until I, I started the academy. Um, uh, like a lot of other kids, uh, you never, you, you don't necessarily have a specific goal in mind. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, that was me. I didn't. I didn't have a set plan that. Uh, hey, I'm going to be in law enforcement. Um, once they started talking to me about why they were doing it, uh, it kind of, you know, uh, jogged my mind and and started getting me interested. And um, I'd always known. Uh, I'd always had friends that worked in law enforcement. Older uh, guys that I would talk to were uh, sheriff deputies from the town I grew up in, or, or something like that. And they always uh, would talk to me about how. Uh, some of the things they got to do as far as helping people or uh, whether they worked in schools or uh, just whatever it might be, canine officers or, or you know, uh, whatever they might do. And uh, I really be- became uh, more interested when I started the academy um, and you started doing the different types of training, uh, medical training or um, started talking to you about uh, things you could be involved in, uh, detectives or uh, SWAT type. Uh, tactics uh, teams and things like that. So I don't think people realize the training that's involved in becoming a police officer, the knowledge that a police officer has to have. I mean, it's just beyond knowing the state laws or federal laws. I mean, you mentioned medical training, right? The, sure. And, and, and we're kind of in an era again that SWAT training uh, in every town. I know we used to think L.A., right? Yes. That was the yes. big thing, SWAT yes. team in L.A. Yes. But now every town has to have really – you know, some type of tactical team in case something um, happens. We've seen it in Sykeson a few times. But there's all this information that a police officer has to have beyond just, you know, the law. Uh, yeah, when I, when I started, uh, like I said, 1996, when I went through the academy, it was 470 hours uh, is what you had to have. And it involved everything from medical training to, like you said, learning all the laws, uh, how to do vehicle stops, uh, just whatever you can think of. Uh, and now it's up to over a thousand hours, I believe, for uh, is what they require now to be uh, certified law enforcement here in Missouri. So, um, 
in learning to de-escalate such, certain situations or how to, I mean, even how to speak to people in certain situations is important too. Yes. Uh, one of the big things now, is it, it changes on a regular basis. Uh, now one of the big things is how to deal with uh, mentally ill people. Uh, training monthly or several times a year, uh, you're requested to go to uh, to learn how to deal with the people that uh, either may be mentally ill due to drug use or but whatever it might be uh it's, that's a big uh push in today's uh, law enforcement uh, law enforcement definitely has changed over the years in a, in a lot of ways and because it you know for certain necessities and the mental health illness is one of those um you know uh safety of the officer safety of sure. the public you know things of that nature and uh well we really would like to see things de-escalate within our our country and communities uh where we you know uh, you guys aren't having to be used so much but um it's just the sure. world that we live in which is why we're talking about today's topic which is really you know um safety in the, in the schools and i want to talk about safety of the kids in schools and what they need to be looking for. Really, I want to talk really in the beginning here about just normal stuff that sometimes we may not think about or forget about. And I mentioned before we started talking that I saw a thing today about a young kid that almost got hit by a car. Uh, I think it was in Texas as they were getting off the school bus because the car went around the bus yes. rather than staying put and waiting for the bus to unload. Yeah, one of the things that uh, we want to remind motorists, uh, first off, uh, that time of morning, everyone, the motorists are they're on their way to work. They're rushing. They're, they may be late. They may be distracted uh, using cell phones. They're distracted by their own kids in the back of the car. They're trying to get to daycare before they go to work. Um, so you have to realize that most children, uh, they they don't normally pay attention. They don't. Uh, they're not looking around. They they're in a set mode. They jump off the bus. They're excited to either come home. Uh, play with their friends or see their parents, they jump off the bus, and then they just run in any direction from the school bus. Um, so some of the things you can do, uh, obviously you, you are required to stop for a a bus if it's loading or unloading children for a stop sign. You can be sighted just like a, a, a stop sign at an intersection. So uh, just try not to get distracted that time in the morning. Uh, remember, it, 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 school has started, so uh, not only kids getting off the bus, kids waiting on the school bus at, at close to an intersection, or um, just walking to school. Uh, remember, kids don't always pay attention, and, and hopefully yeah. the adults are paying attention at that time of the morning. We actually had something my wife and I were about a year, year and a half ago. It was the school day was over, and we were together, and we were driving down the road, and we had to stop because the school bus was letting off kids. And young little girl, I mean, probably first grade, second grade, was getting off the bus. Somebody had let their dog out. And the dog started chasing the child, who then ran out into the road. So yes. my wife uh, got out and got her while I got the dog away from from the girl. But even that situation could have been really horrific, you know, if, if sure. motorists weren't paying attention. Because the bus had already started leaving, right? So, mo you know, cars are starting to move. Even little things like that that we may not think about, you know, make sure your dog's in, you yes. know, when kids are getting off the bus. You know, and just about everyone involved has some type of uh, responsibility uh, the parents should, uh, I would encourage them to get with their child uh, at least once, go to the bus stop with your kid, show them um, how far they should walk out in front of the bus. They should be far enough out that they can see the bus driver and the bus driver can see them. Uh, you know, don't walk directly in front of the bus. That Also, the farther they are out gives them more time to see cars coming. Uh, remind them to look both ways. Don't just think that 
uh, the car is going to stop for the school bus because we have we get complaints on a, a weekly basis of schools running through school bus stop signs. Uh, and believe it or not, some people, whether they're being honest or not, they they will say they didn't know they were required to stop. They didn't know they had to stay there. Once they stopped, they thought they could go on just like a stop sign. Uh, whether they, you know, are, are just saying that just to try to get out of a, out of a citation. That's, I'm not sure about that, but wow. Um, I mean, surely you think by now people know to stay behind the school bus yes, and not. Uh, yeah, I think there's a reason they paint the school buses bright yellow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. yeah, yeah. You you mentioned parents. I mean, parents obviously play a, an important role in the safety of their kids wherever they go. Yes. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, I mean, parents work, and and because of circumstances, a lot of kids have to walk to the to the. You know, bus stop on their own or walk to school on yes. their own. What's important? And you mentioned a few things, but what, for a parent, like knowing what your child's wearing to school that day, you know, things like that are are important for that parent to always keep in mind every day, right? Because yes. I mean, in case something happens to the child, you hope not, but in case something does, yes, uh, you know, always uh, always try to have. It, it never fails, at least, especially at the first of, of school school starts. We always have uh, some miscommunications on a child getting on the wrong bus or getting off at the wrong bus stop and then an hour hour and a half later uh, the parent calls looking for their child the child may have been taken back to the school or he didn't show up uh, usually it's a it's a miscommunication type deal uh, so make sure your kid knows get with the school get with your child make sure they know what bus they're getting on make sure they know take them to the bus stop and show them where they get off the bus at uh, if it's not you know right in front of their house um, and, and try to solve some of those problems. Uh, some other things, these bus drivers, they have a ton of responsibility. Um, get with your child and talk to them about how, what's expected of them as far as how they act on a school bus. Uh, you know, not jumping, jumping around on the bus, fighting with their friends, uh, yelling and screaming. So what I would say is imagine when you're on your way to work or you're on your way to vacation and you have one screaming kid in the back of your car. Now, you take 40 or 50 kids on a school bus, and 20 or 30 of them are doing the same thing. How distracting is that to the bus driver? He has a, a lot on his plate. Uh, he's trying to make sure they get off the bus safe. Uh, he's you know, busy looking in the mirror, checking on them, or they're bouncing around from seat to seat, uh, fighting with their friends, yelling and screaming, and he's trying to pay attention to traffic. Uh, so it, it can make it very unsafe for the kids on the school bus. But just talk to them about what's expected and how they're supposed to act, and the bus driver is in charge, okay? Um, there's a lot of disrespect, I think, for uh, the bus drivers when it comes to the students. That person is, to them, is just driving them home, and they have uh, a lot of disrespect for them sometimes, I think. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, kids are kids. Yes. You know, kids see and they get with their friends, and they're just different. And uh, uh, they get loud and uh, move around a lot. And I, I will say, personal story, from kindergarten, I think I, I received one spanking in school when I was uh, here at Sykeston, and that was from Mr. Nunn because I wouldn't sit still in the school bus. So uh, it was the last time that I uh, jumped yeah, you around. you know, I think uh, now uh, – of course, they'll always start trying to talk to the kid and and the child and 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 go that route. But it can get to a point where if the kid's too rowdy, they'll they'll put them off the bus for a certain number of days or for the rest of the school year, and then it's up to the parents to get them back and forth to school. Uh, so if the you know if the parent has to has a job and has to go to school, go to work, uh, that 
that can it's be problems for them. Yeah, so. hard on them. Today we're talking with Sergeant Cliff Jackson. Uh, he is the uh, sergeant of over the Sykeston School Resource Officers here in the community. We're talking about school safety. And uh, Sergeant Jackson, it, before the break, you were talking about you know school bus and, and the bus stop and that sort of thing. And then uh, during the break, you were mentioning names. You know, uh, again, parents like to put their kids' names on stuff, uh, jackets and um, backpacks, but that can be, you know, uh, a safety issue. Uh, yes, sure can. Like I was saying earlier, one of the things that uh, is not recommended is be careful about having your child's name readily available uh, to the public. Uh, what that does is that can cause uh, a stranger who's driving by or, or scoping the neighborhood for kids to, to get on a first-name basis with your child uh, and if you haven't had that conversation with your child about what to do if a stranger approaches you, then possibly something that can turn bad. You know, it's just a, uh, an extra tool they would use uh, to try to get them in the vehicle with them or, or get them to leave with them, something like that. It, it, it feels like, and, and I'm happy that our kids are, you know, much older in college and that sort of thing and, and not have to worry about it anymore for the most part, but... You know, we still talk safety, especially with our daughter who lives with friends in in Springfield about, you know, looking around the apartment complex before you get out of the vehicle. Yes. You know, trying to make, if it's nighttime, being with your roommates and and other people and not not being by yourself. But, you know, when you have children and and listen, parents have to work and, and that sort of thing, who have to walk to the school or to the bus stop on their own. I mean, it seems like parents, they really have to just inform their kids about all the different things that could go wrong just to make sure the kids are well-informed. Yeah, it's always a good idea to always have a plan. Uh, you can't expect your child to exactly, to know what to do in every situation. Uh, so make sure you, you talk to them about what to do in case a stranger comes to the door after school or before, they, before their parents arrive back home from work uh, or while they're waiting on the school bus or whatever it might be. Uh, just always, You have to have a plan or, or they're not going to be prepared. Uh, for whatever situation comes comes along, you know, back in uh, gosh, I don't know how long it's been a while, but Columbine, you know, took place, and that was the worst at the time, worst mass shooting um, in our schools. And then we've had incidents since then, um, and it's something that I hate that we have to talk about. But school safety at school um, has become so important. Um, like what? Are, what? What, is, what does a parent do? How? What are? The, what's the response of of the parents to their kids and trying to ensure their safety when it comes to being at school? Well, which is it, I know it, it's a loaded, it's a big question. It, it is, you know, and it, it's uh, still even though all these uh, incidents have taken place, uh, I'm one of the instructors for. Um, active shooter or active killer incidents, uh, whether it be in a school or a business or a church. Uh, but what what would they don't let us do now is we get to instruct the, the school staff, the teachers, uh, the custodians, but we don't really instruct these students. Uh, it's, it's a big thing where some parents don't feel comfortable uh, with the police teaching their kids uh, something like that or uh, whatever it might be. But so it's up to the parents, it's up to the teachers, the adults to talk to the kids about um, what to do in a situation like that. Make, again, they have to have a plan. They, they have to. Uh, the wrong thing to do is nothing. Uh, you have to do something. Uh, you can't, if you ever find yourself in a situation like that, and the chances are slim, uh, 
that you'll be involved in a situation like an active shooter or uh, a serious event like that. But uh, you still have to have a plan. Um, you can't just lay down and sit down and, and think that someone will just pass you by and won't, uh, won't pick your kid or won't pick you to be a victim uh, because most of the time they do. You know, that's, uh, don't, be an easy, don't, be, don't be an easy target. Yeah. Um, and know your exits and know how to get out and where to go uh, and just give them uh, options for something to do. I think on the flip side of that, I, I, the, the prevention of right the, of that happening. I think parents, you know, no parent wants to think that their child is capable of doing something like that. But there are some signs that parents can be watching for. But we got to be open to the fact that our kid could be mentally suffering in some yes. way, shape, or form, or involved in something that could lead to that. And really, and you mentioned social media earlier, it's a great place to start to look, you know, where are your kids spending time on social media? Yeah, well, you know, the, the help from the parents, the help from the students, uh, when it comes to social media, uh, that's going to help us more than anything. We, we can't do this by ourselves. Uh, so just about every year during school, we get tips from either students or parents saying, hey, uh, I saw a student post this on uh, social media about a threat to a school. Uh, that's helped us make arrests. It's helped us uh, at least follow up and see if it's a hoax. Uh, but we have to have their help um, to be able to do that. Has that made the job, I, I guess, a, a little bit uh, harder, busier for you all when you have to follow up on all these you know, possible threats. And I, and I read a thing not long ago where a kid got arrested and the mother was dumbfounded because he just got mad playing a video game and made a comment with all of his friends he was playing with, I'll just come to the school and, you know, do yes, whatever. It, and the police have to come and investigate. Yes, it, it's sometimes it's, uh, you might say, time wasted, but you have to take every threat like it's a, a serious threat uh, because the one you don't, and then something happens and uh, it, it'd be, um, wouldn't be a good deal. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these are hoax-type threats or, uh, or maybe someone who actually made the threat but, uh, again, playing a game in a joking manner or something like that and had really no, no plan to actually carry out the threat. But still, uh, you have to follow up on everyone. We're talking with uh, Sergeant Cliff Jackson. Today. He is the uh, sergeant with Sykeston DPS. He's also the sergeant over the Sykeston School Resource Officers here in the community, and uh, it's been a big asset to um, to the school system um, having the officers in the school. And I, and I think Officer Sergeant Jackson that having you guys in the school system also helps build better relationships with the students, so that those relationships continue even after school, right? Yes. Um. Right now, there's myself, uh, who's a supervisor, and then we have, uh, I have two SROs, uh, Officer Brent Mullen and uh, DARE Officer Lori Knox. And uh, being a DARE officer, obviously, uh, you, you work with the young kids, um, teaching the kids about drugs and things like that. And you, she's able to make a lot of uh, good contacts. And, and anywhere she's at, kids are coming up to her. Um, Talking to her, even as adults, uh, bringing up how she taught them there. Uh, Officer Mullen has a, a Facebook page and, and, and has a lot of contacts with the, with the kids also. So, um, yeah, the social media helps a lot with that also. So um, we only have like a few minutes left of even that. Um, I know there's a few things you, might, you kind of wanted to touch on um, this morning. Is there anything else that 
it's important you think that parents need to know when it comes to school safety and what's you know to do. Like I, I think, for instance, sometimes you know, just the kids talking with the kids, saying, "Hey, listen, if you see something serious, it's okay to go tell someone." Because a kid doesn't really want to. For the most part, most kids don't want to tattle. Right, no. but it's really important that they do go tell someone when they see something serious. Yeah, and, and we've all been in school. We've all been at uh, teenager or junior high age, and uh, the last thing we want to do is for the kids at the schools with us to find out that we told either the police or told teachers on someone. Uh, but you know, it it makes uh, it makes the school a lot safer. Uh, whether it be an incident about bullying, some kid getting bullied, or them getting bullied. Uh, it's okay to tell someone, a counselor, uh, get a hold of one of the school resource officers that are at the schools. Right now, like I said, there's just the three of us, and, and we have to bounce all eight public schools. Uh, so we're not always at one specific uh, location. Uh, but tell someone. Tell you know, It's okay to tell if, whether you're the victim or someone else is the victim, or, or if you see something unsafe, be sure and let someone know. And if, if someone does need to speak to someone, a parent needs to call the DPS, what number should they call? Uh, obviously, nine one one if it's an emergency. Uh, but four seven one four seven one one is a dispatch number, or during the week four seven one sixty two hundred is also a good number to call um, for whatever help or question you might have. All right, Sergeant Jackson, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sergeant Cliff Jackson with the Sykes and DPS. We thank him for being on the show. Don't forget, if you missed the show, just coming into it, you can catch it on uh, uh, podcast. We're on Podbean and on iTunes podcast. Just uh, search for the Talk of Sykeston and you can catch it. Check our check out our Facebook page, too, the Talk of Sykeston Facebook page. You can keep track of who's going to be on the show, and we'll have links to all of those um, podcasts as well. And, of course, we're always looking for ideas, so make sure you let us know if you have a show idea for us. Thanks for joining us on the Talk of Sykeston, I'm Glenn Cantrell.